We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pack a Day podcast. It is Saturday. The Saturdays are starting to rack up uh, during this off season with no Packers football. But you know, uh, I'm with Mark Eckel. This is Jason Perone, and uh, happy Saturday, Mark. Yep, it's another day, another day in paradise. Another day in paradise. So I was just thinking yesterday. I tweeted it out actually that as much as we think the NFL off season is really long, there's really only one month technically. There's only one month where there literally is no actual Packers football, and that is the month of June, or football in general, because like the Packers were done playing, but there is a game in February, even though it's the very beginning of February, the Super Bowl. And you got the Combine. The Combine is in March, right? The draft is in April. OTA minicamps are in May. June is a dry month. It's also the big month for the free agency. I mean, free agency, of- March, yeah. June is dry, and then July, at the tail end of July, you get to start a training camp. So, I mean, we're not we're not really that bad off, you know? Oh, no, football. Listen, for a guy that I, – I, I covered it. It was my job for 30 years, 30-some years, and, yeah, well, there's not much of an offseason. Believe me, it's, it's, it's not like other sports where they get a long break. We, we didn't have – my vacation time was planned accordingly. You know what I'm saying? Like, June was great. I was always off the month of June, basically. Right. And then like a week here, a week there, you know. Like now, I'd, I'd probably be off now a little bit, getting until um, 
free agency started to heat, heat up a little bit. Sure. Well, June's my birthday month, so that would have worked out well for me had I ever broken into the business. But yeah. alas, here I am. But I get to work with you. I work work with great guys like you, and so this is uh, that's as buttery as I'm going to get on this show today. So we're going to talk about our take on the Packers' unrestricted free agents. There's a bunch of guys that are exclusive rights and and restricted free agents. We'll leave those be because chances are the team's either not going to tender them or they'll be back, right? Yeah, so most exclusive rights guys all lease, give them an offer, and then they'll come back. And There's no guarantee they make the team, but they'll be in camp. Well, let me start with that, actually. There's two guys I want to ask you for your take on because there are two guys the team's going to have to, you know. So Jake Kumaro and Bob Tanyan, Robert Tanyan, are both exclusive rights free agents. Do you see them both coming back in 2020? I see them in camp in 2020. I don't know if they'll, if they'll make the team. I think that a lot depends on what they do in free agency in the draft. Um, we, we we talked about Tanya a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on the to me. He's he's really on the bubble because you have Sternberger, who you know is going to be the guy. You know, is ahead of him. Um, if they bring Mercedes Lewis back, then that move, that moves Tanya that spot deeper. If they don't bring Lewis back, then Tanya's a step. Up, you know, um, I don't. We we all agree Jimmy Graham probably won't be back. Um, and then what we mentioned before about uh, Looney becoming a tight end now, yeah. if that, and it's a long shot as we said. But if Looney looks, if the, and when they go to camp, if Looney's like, wow, hey, this kid really could be a tight end. Tanya's got to worry about him. And then if they draft a tight end in the first couple rounds, Tanya's in trouble. Or if they sign a a veteran tight end to a nice contract, Tanya's in trouble. So. Mm-hmm. But I bring him to camp. You, you absolutely bring him to camp and, and let him fight for his job. And I think the same goes for, for Kumarel. He, he's in a position where you know the Packers are going to add some people, whether it's through the draft, whether it's through free agency. They're going to add some wide receivers. I kind of think, I, I again, a lot. we'll see what happens over the next couple of months, but I, I think Kumarel and St. Brown and maybe Scantling, for that matter, about as Scantling. The three of them might be battling for one or two spots. I think you're right. I, and my hope is that they address it, and they will in the off season. They they have to. They they can't go two seasons without bringing somebody in. Oh no, they're going to go. I mean, Adams, Lazard, I think are are set. Allison, I think. Well, we'll get to Allison in a, in a minute. But I think Adams and Lazard are are are, are going to be on the team. They're they're going to be your. your you're one and maybe one and three or one and four, whatever, depending on you. Do. They're going to add. I think they're going to draft one and sign one, and that, and that, and that, and they'll, and that'll be your top four. So spots five and six are going to come down to Kumaral, uh, St. Brown, Valdez, Scantling, and am I forgetting anybody? As far as receivers, yeah, not really. I mean. If you want to start somewhere, why don't we start with the receivers? The real quick conversation. This one's an easy one. Ryan Grant, uh, he didn't even see the field once. I don't think he comes. Well, there's no way, right? No. And I'm baffled by that. And I'm baffled that no way. Again, we, 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 before we came on, we were talking a lot about media and all that. As a guy that covered a team for 30 years, I would have asked. I, I, I never saw anybody ask, like, hey, why the hell did you guys sign Ryan Grant if you're never going to play him? I mean, obviously he wasn't ready to play, but – I've covered, I didn't cover Ryan. I mean, I, I remember when he was with the Redskins, because the Eagles played the Redskins twice a year. He wasn't a bad player. He, he was a good route runner. He was, he was you know, shorthanded for the most part. Not real fast, but he was a good slot guy. When the, when the Packers signed him, I thought, oh, this is a good little, this is a good, you know, 
he's not going to turn the world off, but it's a good signing. He's better than some of the guys they have, and they never played. So I don't know if it was he never picked up the offense or, but no, he he I, I'll be I'll be stunned if he comes back because he didn't play, didn't dress. Right. Not, not only didn't play, didn't dress for a game. He was inactive every week. Yeah, he's he's and he's he's 29 years old. He's going to turn 30. 30 for a wide receiver is 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 a kind of a significant marker too. Although you know who knows, there's guys that have played beyond it. But Ryan Grant, not in Green Bay. I don't see him coming back to Green Bay. Not for a marginal receiver, 30 is getting old. Like if you're a very good receiver, yeah, you can play into your 30s. But you know, now Ryan Grant's gone. So Grant's gone, and then let's stick with the wide receiver position. You mentioned Geronimo Allison. He's only 26, but he really struggled this past season. His biggest struggles were. His athleticism seemed to leave him. He wasn't able to pick up yards at times when he did have the ball in his hands, and he put the ball on the ground a couple times. He just didn't make any of those big catches that we'd seen in the past. So you've already kind of talked and laid out what the roster, the depth chart looks like. I mean, is there is there does Allison even make it to? Is he even in camp? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think they'll resign. I think some team. I mean, he's a, he's an unrestricted free agency, so he'll have a chance to talk to you know, every other team, some team might give him an opportunity. I don't know. I mean, um, my, my take on him is he had a, he had a great opportunity this past year to make his mark on the team. Well, and he had more than enough opportunity. He, he was, he come into camp as the number two guy. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, and like you said, he really didn't have, he, he didn't have a good season at all. Um, Putting them, and, and the, like you said, the worst thing he did was put the, some 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 bad drops and some bad fumbles, and you just can't have that. And he's not their guy, um, you know. He was he, he was signed by by Ted Thompson, who's not here anymore. Mike McCarthy was the guy was a coach. For me. He's not a Lafleur, uh, Gutenkunz guy. Um, hey, listen, the kid was an undrafted free agent that made it a, for for a few years. Good for him, but now nah, they have to move on from Geronimo Allison. I agree. I, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think they can do better. I mean, if you want to talk about teams that are likely to give him a shot, I could see him going to camp with either the Bears or the Vikings, to be honest with you. Maybe even the Lions. So he stays I, in the division, huh? Could. Very well could. Very well could. That's how it goes. Players like that who you know, have flashed at times and then they, they take a, a step back, and I'm not just talking about the NFC North. Typically, teams in the division that see them the most are like, well, let's see what this guy's got to offer. Green Bay doesn't want him. Let's see what he's got. You're right. That could happen. I could. I mean, like I said, I think he's a change of scenery might be good for. I don't know. Um, I thought he was going to be better. I really thought. Okay, he'll be a. I never thought he'd be a star. I thought he could be a good four. You know, but after this year, I'm not. I'm not sure. You really. I think you have to move on. If he's and in camp with Green Bay, here's my take. If he's in camp with Green Bay at the end of July, I'm a little concerned about what they did to address the position prior. They didn't do enough. If he's right, it means that they didn't do enough if, if, if he's in the mix. And, again, he's you have to look at money now these days. But with a salary cap, he made $2 million last year. 2.8. 2.8 was. Okay. I, I know it was yeah. over, too. You can't pay him that to be a fifth receiver. You know what I'm saying? Your, yep. your fifth receiver is making minimum, is making under a million usually. And that's why I think it's going to be a Kumarau or a St. Brown who are, you know, are still making, you know, 685 or – 725, whatever it is now. Um, you can't pay a fifth receiver, a fourth or fifth receiver, that, that kind of money. 
Yeah, it, it that's a lot. So I and I I actually am hoping that you know I don't know what to say for MVS because Marquez Valdez Scantling had a you know he had a tough time too. I really want to the the guy I've got my eye on. I mean I don't know who they're going to add in the draft, but it's it's Equinemius St. Brown because he made a couple of of key catches in 2018 and then we didn't get to see him at all in 2019. Right? Oh no, he and and that was weird. I mean. They put him out for the season with an ankle. I mean, was it that was was the injury that bad? I guess it was, right? I, I mean, mean, maybe at that point they may had to make a decision because he was going to be a, a six to eight week injury, and they're like, well, we can't hang him on the roster, especially with, with him still being a bit of an unknown. And they already had plans to bump eighty three up, MVS up. You had Kumaro. You didn't have Lazard at that point, but they liked they had Darius Shepard, and they didn't know that he wasn't going to pan out. That's the guy that screwed him up. They thought he was better than he was. Man, they got that. I got that wrong too. I love Shepard coming out of camp. I was like, yeah. that's awesome. He, I thought, you know, I thought Shepard could be to the receiver group what Tyler Irvin ended up being for the running backs. Yeah, everybody thought he'd be a good return guy and he'd do this and that. And he really did nothing, and that might. You're right. That his roster spot might have cost St. Brown. You know, you know, because what they could have done with St. Brown was kept him on the original roster, put him on IR the next day, like they did with Sternberger. And then bring him back later in the year. But they that, that's your a great point. That was the curious part of the decision making was why are you IRing him? You you have a, you had that they literally had a matter of days they could have waited and then he could have come back because they ended up this season now, you don't know what the future is gonna hold, but they ended up this season only using though they did activate Raven Green, but he didn't come back he didn't actually play. They could have used that on EQ. If he was healthy, right. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how serious that ankle injury was. I'm Usually an ankle doesn't knock you out for a whole year. Yeah, you know? it looked it looked pretty bad when it happened, and that that whole and that that was another topic for another day. But that whole debacle in Canada, God, what a mess! They played on an eighty yard field, and it was a crap surface. And I don't I don't know how that happened. That game should never have been scheduled. There. <laughs> that was terrible. It was the Raiders. The Raiders, you know, they're they're a mess, and they're all you know, and um, they should have just played. They should have made just given Green Bay a home game. Right. I mean, the Raiders could have gotten, you know, part of the money for whatever, but, but I mean, they, they should have just played in a Lambo. Yeah. That was a dumb decision. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Who's, who's next on our, on no, our, on our no doubt. So if we want to stick on the offensive side of the ball, uh, here's a curious, here's an interesting one. Maybe we'll talk about the trenches for a second here. Um, technically speaking, Jason Spriggs is still on this roster and he's an unrestricted free agent, but I think Jason Spriggs time in Green Bay has come and gone unless you feel differently. Oh, I know. See, I think Spriggs is going to be – I think he could tell him – no, he's done. Get rid of him. Yeah, <laughs> they, they tried to get rid of him last year. Nobody. They, the only reason he went back to the roster because nobody, nobody claimed him. Now he's done. That was that's, one, that's going to go down as one of the worst picks in Ted Thompson's um, tenure as general manager. Yeah, you don't and always I, get it right. I mean, but, no, you know – I defend Ted. Ted, Ted. Ted had some great drafts, but that wasn't that – wasn't, that's good. That's one of his worst. I mean, Ron Wolf had bad picks too. Now everybody, everybody, everybody Brian Gutton is going to have some bad picks. But um, I mean, not only was he a second round pick, he, they moved, they traded like a couple, they moved up to get him, and they, he just never panned out. He just he had all the tools. I mean, he had, he was very athletic. Um, you know, he had a great combine that 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 draft. That's why you know his stock rose, and um, he just never got it done. He just couldn't. He's not now. He he won't be back. Do you think the badness of that pick was amplified at all by the fact that Ted did so well to find Balaga and Bakhtiari in the fourth round and Lindsley in the fifth round? And Sitton and Lang. You Sitton know. and Lang. 
Ted's done well with offensive line, very well. I mean, that's one of the few he missed on. Even undrafted guys like Lane Taylor, you know, um, that that was a yeah. That, that, I think you're right. I think that that's a good point. I mean, Ted did not miss on many offensive linemen, but when, when he missed on Spriggs, and and, and and that was a big miss because, like I said, second round picks can't be that bad, you know. In the packet, they've had some bad second round picks. I shouldn't say that because they've had you know they've had a few misses there. And that hurts you. Yeah, the Packers have had, well, and first-rounders, too. But they've also had a lot of success over the years. So I think I'm with you. I'm not going to hold Ted's feet to the fire. I mean, he hit more than he didn't. But he got bad, but for the most part, his overall, his drafts were pretty good. I mean, even, hey, Aaron Jones in the fifth round. That, that, mm-hmm. that was Huge. So Spriggs, I think we agree, is won't be back. And then you had a very late season ad for some depth. Jared Valdir, right tackle. He was brought out of retirement, came in, filled in nicely, missed, filled in a couple games when when Bulaga was out. He is 33 years old. I don't know if he wants to continue playing or if he would stick around in Green Bay, knowing that he's probably not going to be the starter. But do the Packers bring him back or not? I make him an offer. I make him an offer. See, again, if, if he thinks if he thinks he can get a starting job somewhere, well, God bless him. Go get a starting job and get and get paid like a starter. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he's thirty three. How many teams do you think will give him enough to make him a starter? I mean, he's a perfect backup. He's an ideal swing tackle. Uh, he, you saw the one game he had to play. He played very well for the Packers this this year. I would love him back as that backup. You know. Tackle, um, and again, you offer him what? What he made last, like three point five or something, right? I mean, that's what back a good backup tackle gets these days. If he's willing to take a, a one year deal for that kind of money, um, I bring him back. But again, if he has an opportunity, if some team is offering him, you know, much more money and a, and a, and a chance to be the starter, then you, what are you going to do? Right? You can't. That's what free agency is all about. Well, if you if you're a Valdir fan, you might be a little bit happier to know that there's a pretty long list of offensive tackles that are free agents that are veterans right now. So if you're looking, if you're looking to reduce the competition for a player that you like, this might be a good year. There's a lot of guys that are, that are on this list and a lot of guys that are younger. I'm looking at like DJ Humphreys uh, with the Cardinals is 26. They may re-sign him. There's still time for that to happen. But like Greg, you know Greg Robinson. People have varied opinions on Greg Robinson, but he was a former top five pick. Yeah. So you, you've got some of those guys that are out there that are that are. Gonna... Yeah, I, don't, I don't think I don't think he gets a, a, a big. I mean, I don't think a team's going to break the bank for him, right? No, not at all. Not a, I mean, I, not I, at I, what I'm looking at. I mean, he, Green Bay gave him a chance when he wanted. You know, he was in New England. He retired, right? And then he was in New England. Let him go. Green Bay gave him the opportunity to come back and play in the league last year, so I don't know if there's a loyalty involved there or if he feels he owes the Packers, but, I mean, they did give him the chance when he was sitting home watching TV, you know. I mean, um, I would, I kind of think that would be a, a nice, again, one year, whatever he made, same same deal he had last year, and bring him back as that perfect backup guy. Yeah, if he wants to play, why not? He did a great job. You know, he's he's – He's got the know-how. He fit in well with the offense. So I would say stick with what you know in that case because 
Let's stay on the tackle position. This is one of the marquee names this uh, offseason. That's Brian Balaga. So Balaga's an unrestricted free agent. He's 31 years old. Last year, he was at $6.7 million. His market value, I mean, he's still got years left to play. He played in all, but I think, how many games did he miss? One, he only missed one game, right? Yeah. He got hurt in a couple games, but he only missed one. Played through a lot. Been a long-time veteran. His rookie season in 2010, they won the Super Bowl. He's been around for a long time. Rodgers loves him. All the intangible things. Uh, I don't know. To me, with everything else the Packers want to address and have to address, to me, it's it's you do what you can to bring Brian Balaga back. Now, listen, if someone's going to pay him, you know, 12 to 15 million a year, okay, maybe you draw the line in the sand. But I think Balaga is a priority guy. You've got to have some conversations with. I agree, and I don't. I don't even let him get to that. I, I sign him when the next month or before free agency starts. I mean, yeah, if some team might offer him twelve, but I think, and I've seen these numbers around, and I, they're the exact numbers I come up with. I think a three-year, thirty million dollar deal, so it averages ten a year, is is very fair. He would probably take less. I mean, yeah, can he get twelve from the New York Giants? Maybe, but is that extra two million? worth picking up your family, moving it to New York, where, guess what? New York, you're going to pay a lot more for everything than you do in Green Bay. So that extra $2 million is probably down to like 500000 by the time you think about everything, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, ta- just taxes alone. So, yeah, I mean, make him a fair offer. Um, he had a really good, I mean, if, if we had this conversation a year ago, I would have said, no, nah. nah, Brian Balaga, this is his last year. You just, you know, you can't, but, but he stayed healthy for the most part. Like you said, only missed one game and had him not only, he, he, you you could argue he was their best lineman last year. Oh, he no. graded. I think he had the highest PFF grade. I don't go by those. I don't go by those. And then they're one metric, but I, he, he graded well. The eye and test, Mark, the eye, yeah, but here's the thing, Mark. The eye test will tell you. We think we talked about it last time. I mean, let's talk about the, the names that he went up against. He had Khalil Mack twice. He had... Uh, who was it? Von Miller with the Broncos, and uh, you know, you Vikings. Yeah, Hunter. Yeah, Daniel Hunter. Did he have Clowney against Seattle? Uh, Clowney, I think, was on the other side. I think that was more Bakhtiari. Okay, because Clowney moves around a lot. I know. Um, no, he had no. He had a great. He had a very, very, very good year. Um, he's probably, in my opinion, he's probably top five right tackle in the game. Yep. Lane Scott's is probably the best. Um, But I don't, I mean, you know, I'm hard-pressed to name a couple more better than him. I would bring But if if they don't, I understand why they don't. Because, but they better have a replacement. Well, and what's continuity worth? Because next to Balaga last year, you had veteran right guard Billy Turner, who, you know, didn't play outstanding. He was okay. Right. But do you really want to risk bringing somebody in who is learning the offense? Because I'm telling you right now, if Belaga goes inside somewhere else, they're not going to try to and plug Jared Valdir in there as a starter. Yeah, he, you know, I, I don't think he's built to. I don't think he's built to start 16 games. So then, yeah, you got to you got to have a backup plan. Well, right now there isn't one on the roster. You got to go find a guy. Unless, and there's a crazy rumor. I forget where I read this. Um, that they think Jenkins might be able to play right right tackle. Okay, I don't. Th- I wouldn't mess with him. I, he's, he had a great year of guard. I'd leave. You know why? Why mess around on that? And now you're messing the whole lineup. You know. 
I mean, I don't hate that just given the fact that Jenkins was was really good if he wants to play right tackle, but then you've created another need. Now you've got a now you've got another another hole at guard. I guess it depends well, on who, what your left but, guard plan is. Well, maybe you bring Lane Taylor back there. Either Lane Taylor or, or Lucas Patrick has been listed as a guy that could, you know, turn the corner this next season and actually, you know, turn out to be okay. He's I don't a, I think Patrick's a center, not a guard. Yeah. That's just me. But I'm just saying, if 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 they choose to let Balaga go, then they then they probably bring Lane Taylor back because they don't they wouldn't need as much they would they wouldn't need to spend as much money. I don't know. I'm just I would bring. Bottom line is, I would bring Malaga back and, and then not worry about it. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. I think that's the best case scenario is is that he probably wants to stay in Green Bay. You don't yes. you don't take too much advantage of it. But if he, listen, if he's willing to come back and he'll take like, you know, if he's even willing to take nine. Nine million for three years, like you run, you run to the bank to cash that check. Well, or again, to write that check with with player contracts. It's not the total number as much as it's how much is guaranteed. Yes, right. If if you give him three years, thirty million, and fifteen of it up front, that's a pretty good deal. The Packers right now are just sitting sitting just over twenty million in cap space, and, and with you know, they're going to make some moves. If they don't keep Taylor, who we just talked about, and they and they do let Jimmy Graham go, then they they get another I think eleven million. Well, added. I just did a story on on how they can create cap space. You you get rid of Jimmy Graham and you save eight million, mm-hmm. so that twenty two mm-hmm. becomes thirty. Mm-hmm. If you I say trade Lane Taylor, I don't say cut Lane Taylor. I I say trade him because I think you can get something for him. I mean, if they can get a seventh-round pick for Justin McRae, you can get something for Lane Taylor. You know, that's true. And my other co-host on uh, every other Saturday, Paul Brettel, wrote about this for Dairyland Express, about how Lane yeah. Taylor's more of a trade candidate than a cut. He kind of wrote it the day after I did. A coincidence, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> um, you can ask me about that. Um, yeah, I mean, you you got to get something for Lane Taylor. He, he, there's, he, he's, he could start for a dozen teams, I think. Just not Green Bay. I mean, they, they, he's in a situation where they drafted a guard who's very good, and they signed Billy Turner, so he's not going to start here. But he could start for somebody. And even if, if you get a fifth-round pick for him, I, I suggest that the Packers pe- send him and one of their seventh-round picks. They have three. Him him and a, him and a seven for a five. Oh, I love that's, it. That's a fair deal. I love think the it. Team, the team getting him is like, all right, we gave up a five, but we got a seven back, and we're getting a starting guard. That's a pretty good deal for the, for the other team. And the Packers get a Packers save four and a half million, and get a fifth round pick that they can take a guard in the fifth round with. Yeah, I mean, one other idea we can put to rest right now is Billy Turner kicking out the tackle. That's not going to happen. He's a guard. He's a guard. I mean, in an emergency, he can help you out there, but no, you don't want him. You don't want him starting a tackle. You want him starting a guard. Right. All right, but, so. Staying on the well, let's let's address another biggie too on special teams. But he's a very key piece of the special teams unit. Is kicker Mason Crosby? Yeah, I, I bring him. I he'd be my number one. Uh, he'd be one and one a. Um, you don't want to. And I, I I quoted a a scout talking about that. Like you don't want to get into that. He had a good year. He loves it there. They love him. You don't want to turn into the Bears. Look what look what happened when when the Bears let Robbie Gold go. A lot of teams had kicker issues. Yeah, you're right. I'm saying you don't want to get into that mess. Nope. I mean, the Bears are a great example. They they had a great kicker. They let him walk over a couple dollars, and they have it. And it cost them a playoff game two years ago. You know, they're they're they beat the Eagles if if with a, with a real kicker. 
Well, think, I think about it this way. So Mason made just over $4 million last year. I assume it's going to be five, about five to bring him back again. He's 35 years old. But here's the deal. In, 20, in, 20, in 2012, he struggled. In 2013, he bounced back, had a good season. In 2018, he struggled. This past season, I think he had statistically might have been his best season overall. 2019, he was really good. Oh, he was great. Um, percentages were good. Um, again, I don't give him a long deal. Because he is getting older, and that's got a kicker's got to be on your radar, you know, so soon. But mm -hmm. you know, a two-year deal worth whatever a kicker gets these days. Yeah, I bring him. I don't want to get into that kicking carousel because no. if you let go, then you got to then what? Then you're looking at somebody else, and then you're looking, and then you're maybe drafting one, and then maybe you know, like I said, just look at the Bears. Yeah, I mean, as far as kickers that are out there right now, there aren't a lot of. There's nobody. There's nobody better than than no. you know. You got Nick Folk, Dan Bailey, uh, Vinatieri's out there, but he's 47 years old. Greg Zerline, no. and then then it's then it's Zane Gonzalez, who's only 25. He's restricted free agent though. The Cardinals will bring him back, and Kai no. Forbath. Like, no, I want no. Mason Crosby back. No, right? Yeah, and again, again, and he would probably take. I would think he'd, he'd give the Packers a hometown deal. I mean, he he seems to like it. They're very they were very good to him last year when his sister in law passed away. Mm -hmm. They they let him fly up. I mean, he's been again. You know, I I'll, I think they I think he comes back again. Not with a long, not with a five year deal or nothing. You don't want to you know you don't want to tie yourself up too long to him, but a two maybe three year deal. Yeah. The, you know. yeah, I think so. I think that's an easy one. I think Mason. I think they have to try to bring Mason back. And then to round out the offensive side on the, on the unrestricted free agency, uh, running back Tyler Irvin, we talked about him a little bit earlier. I mean, I think he did enough to, to for Green Bay to have a conversation. Oh, yeah. you bring, and, he, and he's not going to have much money. I mean, he's a return guy, basically. And who can help the offense a little bit? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he, I, don't think, I don't think he demands a lot. I mean, he was on the street when they, when, when they got him. Jacksonville cut him, right? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think you give him a – I'd give him like a three-year – Four year, whatever, whatever many years you want to give them, at whatever to you know, give them a little bit up front, and then um, you know, a little over the minimum. Yeah, he's twenty six in the prime of his of his career. He's right in the wheelhouse for you know to do something good for Green Bay, and I think he liked it there. He enjoyed it. He had a role on offense. Matt Lafleur wasn't afraid to use him. I can't say that McCarthy and the previous regime would have done the same thing. Well, Hackett knew him from from Jackson, mm -hmm. so he knew what he could do. So, so there was a fit there, and he really did. I mean, not that the return game was great, but it was abysmal before he got there. It was, mm -hmm. it was embarrassingly bad. Yeah, it was real um, bad. And he gave him, you know, he was better than average at it, you know. So that, you know, they they they, they need to bring him back. He may have single handedly saved Sean Menega's job, whether you think it's fair or yeah. not. No, you're right. So you know, there's that's one guy who's definitely wants Tyler Irvin back. I can tell you that. But I'm sure, he may he might throw some money into that pot for him. Yeah, right. Um, I, I forgot one guy. Actually, it's a big guy. It's a big dog. Mercedes Lewis. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's got that's got to be a one year deal. Like he signed last year, one year, two million. Mm -hmm. If he's happy with that, if the quarterback likes him, he seems to be a good guy in the locker room. Um, he does what he's asked to do. I mean, he's not going to catch him a hundred balls. He's not going to go down the seam and. You know, scare offenses, but it, he'll catch he'll catch a couple balls on you know key plays for you, and he's a good blocker. 
I'm, again, I'm, I get it. They let him go. I'm not going to scream and yell and say, oh, my God, I can't believe they let Mercedes Lewis go. But, I, you know, I would try to bring him back. They draft a tight end early. As much as it might sound counter to it, if they draft a tight end early, then you might want a guy like Lewis around to, to help it, him and Sternberger come, yeah. come along. And guess what? If you dra- Even if you draft a guy in the first round, he's probably not going to be a great blocker. Right. Well, kids coming out of college usually aren't great blockers. Sternberger's not a bad blocker. But Lewis, I mean, it's funny. I, I had a scout tell me when I, when I broke down the offense, he said, you know, basically he said, He's he's a he's a he's a tackle. He said they, if you change his number from eighty nine to seventy nine, nobody would notice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, basically, you know, he's a blocker, and he, and guess what? He threw some he he helped that running game with his blocking last year. Mm-hmm. So he has value. There's, yeah. there's, I mean, you know, but again, you can't give him more than a one year deal because he is because of his age. Yeah, thirty six years old, and he's uh, you know the big dog. Aaron Rodgers likes him, so I think it, if it works out great. If not, I have to trust the Packers have a plan. Right. So that'll run like, out. Like Lewis and Irvin aren't going to cost you a lot of money. No, guys like that won't. And that's that's why I think it's it's important to make sure that you don't screw those up then. You know, right. if you want them back, don't screw it up. Get them back. If you can do without them, then okay, that's fine. You know, neither of them are going to break the bank, but still be smart about it. The Packers, you know, Mark, you know this. The Packers, I looked at the salary cap situation right now, and a lot can change between now and when free agency starts, which is creeping up on us in almost a month. But the Packers are they were they went to the NFC Championship game, okay? And to get to a conference championship game, you got to have a lot of really good players, which means you're probably, you know, paying your good players a good sum of money. But the Packers have more salary cap space right now than the Bears and the Vikings, who both finished below right. the Packers. So, you know, you talk about the future and setting up for success. You know, the Vikings the Vikings truly went all in. Right now, they're literally sitting at zero. Wow. But they can't even sign a draft picks. <laughs> so, I mean, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll get it figured out. But in order to do that, they're probably going to have to make some big moves. So who knows who, who won't be back in Minnesota next year. Right. I mean, they, uh, have, they have $22 million now. And if they, you know, Graham and Taylor can get them up to $34.5 million, just like that. Mm-hmm. So $34.5 million is not bad. No, that's a great, that's a great place to be because the, the brain trust and the accounting guys in Green Bay – they do really well structuring their contracts, and they keep and, they keep and, the team viable, which is great. And and I gave them a way to create four million four million more by redoing Bakhtiari and Lindsay's contracts. They're both in their last year. They both have high cap numbers. You extend both of them. I, I broke the deals down, and you can you can create you, you can save like I think two and a half on one and two on the on the other. So now you got another four and a half. And you got those two guys locked up for for for, for, for another five years. That was so over at uh, Packer Report, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, so you could save, you know, now you're up to almost forty million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great place to be for a team that did as well as they did that won thirteen games. And they don't have. And other than Balaga, the guys that we're talking about re- resigning aren't big ticket guys. Right. You know. Crosby, maybe like you said, maybe four million. Um, Lewis, two million, and um, the kid Irvin, like a million or so. So that's you know that's that's that doesn't hurt you at all. Right. That's right. Jimmy Graham basically. You get rid of Jimmy Graham, you can sign those three three guys and still have a million dollars left left over. Yeah, seems like a no brainer. All right, who else we got? 
Cornerback Javon Williams, longtime Packer veteran, 37 years old, the ageless wonder. He made $5 million last year. He just continues to perform year after year, but eventually things are going to start to drop off a little bit. So what do we do here? This is where I got to. This is where I have to be tough and say, you got to let him go. I mean, to think he's. I mean, he had a good year. Don't get me wrong, and he's a great mentor for young guys. I was hoping he he'd retire and and, and become an assistant coach, but apparently, I guess he's still. I, I haven't heard. I haven't seen a quote or heard him say he wants to still play, but I guess he does. I don't know if you want to count on a thirty-seven-year-old cornerback. That's that's old for a cornerback. It really if you is. Do, if you do, to me, he's got to be at best your fifth guy. But then, do you, what do you pay a fifth guy? Well, and that's the problem because he's so vested that he's got a minimum number. Right. So I, I think I got to let him walk. I mean, I, 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 agree, I mean, oh. I agree at least initially. And if you get to the point where okay, we didn't do as well as we thought in the off season and during the draft, then do you, you know, you bring him back as a break glass type of a thing, maybe like right before training camp. He's going to be in good shape. The guy's got a great work ethic. Maybe I mean. <sighs> I guess it depends on what you think of Sullivan, who played pretty well last year as a, as a street free agent at that that they signed because he could be your nickel. Uh, Josh Jackson, does he have a future or not? I mean, this is this is this is his year to find out. Chandler yeah. Sullivan will be back. He's exclusive right, oh, so the Packers will bring him back. So. Well, no, I mean he'll be back, but can you, is he good enough to be your starting nickel? Oh, I got you. Yeah, because you got Alexander and King outside, so Williams is your nickel right now. If Sullivan can take that job, he can do it. He's a lot younger, a lot cheaper. You know, maybe that's where you go. Or Jackson is supposed to do something. Um, I think Gary Gray, the hiring of Jerry Gray is going to help a lot of these young corners. Man, I, I uh, Josh Jackson to me is a, I've got my, I mean, I loved the pick when they made it and where they got him. But I will, I'll tell you right now, I don't, I, I'm not putting any money. I'm not rushing to Vegas to put any money down on him. Yeah, I, know, I mean he hasn't shown anything, but I'm saying maybe I'm hoping that Jerry Gray can can maybe get the most can get can turn him around a little bit. I've yeah. seen that happen, you know, coaching. Sometimes a guy just doesn't mesh with a certain coach, or you know, and I'm not taking anything away from the Packers' D backs coach because other guys did okay with him. So um, I'm not ripping him by any means, but um, maybe Jackson needs a different look. I don't. We'll see. I mean, he was so good at Iowa. I can't believe he's been that this bad in the pros. Yeah. The light bulb, yeah, it's just we've seen it before. Sometimes guys just don't translate. And he was good. I mean, he was good at. It's not like he was good at, you know, some little school that nobody heard of. He was in the Big Ten on a good team. You know. Yep. I mean, but like you said, sometimes it just doesn't translate. Right. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Tremont there. What about uh, outside linebacker Kyler Fackrell? I can't see him coming back. I, I think um, he's a good player. He's he's become a good player, and I think some team, even though his numbers weren't great this year, some team's going to give him the opportunity to, to be a starter. And maybe overpay him a little bit, right? Yeah, or overpay him what a starting edge linebacker gets. I mean, not like not as a Darius Smith number, but a, a fair number. And the Packers can't afford, with the money they're paying Preston Smith and Darius Smith and then, Rush, and then Gary as a number one pick, you can't spend that much money on one position. You you just can't, you know. Um, not, in a, not with a salary cap. So yeah, I think Fackrell, um it, It's a shame. I mean, he finally his first couple of years you thought he was a bust. His last two years he played pretty well. 
And I think some team's going to give him a chance to play and start. And how can he, he can't turn that down. He has to take that opportunity. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would agree. And I, and if they even if they draft a guy, if they draft a guy in like the middle rounds, then you know they probably plug that guy in, assuming that they're your top three depth chart guys at outside linebacker are going to play the majority of the snaps anyway. I think the fourth guy's already on the roster. The kid Williams, who was on the practice squad, who they got from, who they claimed on waivers from Baltimore last year. Ah, uh, yeah. I think I think he'll be your fourth guy. Okay. And he's cheap. Yeah. You know? Very. You can't because, you know, like I said, you can't spend a lot of money. Or maybe, like you said, they might take a guy in the middle rounds. You never know, and let him him compete with Williams for that fourth spot. Um. But they have other needs to worry about besides edge. Edge, edge they're okay finally. Well, as far okay, so let's just jump right into that one of those needs. You've got two guys at inside linebacker. First is B.J. Goodson. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> um, again, if he wants to come back on a minimum deal, sure. But I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. So he I mean, he got exposed. He got exposed against San Francisco, but he was not put in a position to succeed. That wasn't his skill set anyway. No, he's a he's strictly a run. He, he's a two down run stopping linebacker. Um. He's good on goal line and short yards and stuff like that. He's a situational player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, if they let him, it sounds like they're 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 redoing the inside linebacker position, and, and they need to. Yeah, I think Goodson's a you know if he's coming back, something might have gone awry. It's the same type of thing as if Geronimo Allison's in camp. If BJ Goodson's in camp, then something something went sideways. Unless you just want him as a third or fourth guy, special teams and, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you know, although Burks is your special teams guy. Man, Burks, he's not on a list. You know, he's under contract, but he's he's an interesting one. I think we should we should maybe talk about sometime soon because man, we have to hope the light bulb comes on for him this season. Yeah, you would like it, but I don't know if it is. I think he's he might just be a good special teams player. He's very good special teams player. Yeah, but he's as a linebacker, he's been nothing. Well, the, I mean, and obviously the the elephant in the room, the big name is Blake Martinez. So, but Blake Martinez, I think it's I think Martinez is going to come down to a situation where stick him for last. The Packers, well, almost, um, no. you know, yeah, because I don't he, well, it's it's so his depending on where you look, his market value I've seen range anywhere from ten million up to sixteen. I can't see him getting sixteen. If somebody gives him 16, he's then I can tell you where he's playing. He's probably playing for the Jets because that's the, the, something the Jets would do. Or Cleveland, or Cleveland, or some team that's got cap space and they just don't get it. You know, they you know for some reason they want to use it. But you I'm know, not a Martinez fan. You let Martinez go and test the market, and if he gets paid more than you're willing to pay him, you don't wait to wait a second to shake his hand and wish him well. Right. I don't. I don't even. I don't even make. I don't want him back. At any price, I just think they they have to redo that middle linebacker's position, and bringing him back isn't solving any problem. It's just, it's just prolonging the problem. Well, He's not, I'm in. I'm uh, this fan. I, don't, I know he he makes eight thousand tackles, big deal. Very few of them are behind the line. Very few of them. Most of them are after five yard gains. Um, Seth Joyner, who played for the Packers for a little bit, but longtime Eagle. Um, I follow him on – well, we're actually friends, um, but I follow him on Twitter. He put most of the blame for the, that, the, the, the playoff loss on the linebackers, and Martinez in particular, of being out of position, being getting schemed out of the play. Um, he's not – he's just – I know he makes a lot of tackles, but he doesn't make any plays. He's – I don't – I'm not a Martinez fan. I also go like him a lot more. And 
God bless him. If somebody wants to give him a bunch of money, let him go play for whoever. I think I'm those old. that love Blake Martinez just enjoy looking at the box score and looking at numbers. Yeah. And tackle numbers are, you know. The team submits those. Also, they can do whatever they want with them. Also led the team in missed tackles. <laughs> yeah. He just doesn't, listen, he's, he's, a, he's, for what he is, he can be a good player, but for what the NFL needs, which is speed, he doesn't bring it. Never has. And that's why he was drafted as late as he was. The Packers need a, a an athletic inside linebacker who can cover. They really need a cover linebacker more than anything. Well, they have – okay, so Raven Green was unhealthy. He wasn't able to come back and play because of his health issues, so he never saw the field again after week two. But uh, the, there is one more guy on the list, and that's Ibrahim Campbell. So do either of those two guys – Maybe fill in that spot, or the Packers need to maybe consider looking at linebacker in rounds one or two. Yes, they need a linebacker. Not, a, not. I mean, safeties are. Raven Green is good, and, and and you could use him in a variety of ways. But you don't want him to be your starting linebacker. He's a safety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, you can bring him in in sub packages and stuff, but they need a real inside linebacker. They need a Littleton from the Rams, who's a free agent, or Campbell from the Falcons, or um, Schobert from the Browns. They, they need an inside line, and then I would sign one and draft. Depending on depending on the draft and how it goes, I mean, um, well, I mean, we have plenty of time to talk about the draft, but yeah, I mean, they they need they need two linebackers, they need two inside linebackers, in my opinion. Right. Unless, unless, like you said, unless Burks all of a sudden he's supposed to be the guy, but he hasn't been the guy. I think Abraham Campbell's a guy where if they can draft somebody, and even if they take him in the like fifth or sixth round, then Campbell, I don't I don't know that you need to bring him back. Yeah, I don't think. I mean. He's Green's better and younger, and he's signed, right? Green's not a free agent. Right. right. So, yeah, you got Green. Um, you got Sullivan, who can do a lot of things. I don't know what, I don't know what their plans are for him, but I'm sure he'll, he'll be back. Um, no, they're, they're – I mean, again, Penton likes Campbell, so there's, there's that, and they, they might – again, he's not going to cost you a lot. Well, he likes Campbell, Mark, but here's the deal, and I know you know this too. Mike Pettin's leash is really short this year, so if you're going to hitch your wagon to a guy like Ibrahim Campbell, do you really want to do that? Right, no. Again, though, but if – I mean, they brought him back late last year. I mean, if, if nobody signs him and you're looking at your roster, oh, I mean, sure. we need a guy – you know, you bring him in for the one for one year at the minimum, and it's not killing you, but you want to do better. Like you said, you, you, you want to either draft a guy or – or let some of these younger guys um, take a bigger role. Younger, faster, speed. Right. Right? So there you have it. That's our list. All right. Not too bad. So we'll do this again in two weeks. I'm not sure what we'll be talking about. Maybe some news will pop. Hopefully it's not anything negative. No. Well, two weeks will be be what's today. The combine. It'll be March. So, yeah, we'll talk a little combine. We can start talking about what, what free agents the Packers should go after. Yeah, absolutely. So in the meantime, these guys will be signed by then, maybe, you know? Yeah, that's right. Or at least we'll have more news on speculation on who's going where. Right. So you can find, I mean, good good stuff, Mark, and you can find a lot of Mark's work over Packer Report. He usually has it up first and foremost. So if you're not a subscriber, get over there and subscribe. Check out Mark's work over there. We'll do this again in two weeks. And as always, last to do for the day, Go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.